body aches at bedtime, Sierra Sil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health, calms inflammation, and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years. It has a money-back guarantee. Go to sierrasil.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L, and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to DRIFT. Made possible by Envy Pillow, my sleeping beauty for over 20 years. The Canadian designed copper infused Envy Pillow aligns your spine and neck and prevents those lines that sleeping on our face brings. Learn more in the morning at Envy, E N V Y, pillow.com. As good for you as it is Mother Earth. Tonight we're going to take you to an enchanted castle and a spell broken by a lover's kiss in Sleeping Beauty. But first, my soon-to-be Sleeping Beauty, I'm going to ask you to just stretch out as much as your chair or seatmate or bed will allow. Oh, goodness. Maybe you're in a hammock. I think I'd like to imagine that when the waves begin to play at the end of our story. But for now, take in a deep breath and release, letting your shoulders, your legs, your hips, and your jaw relax. Wiggle your toes if you're able. Now your fingers, just let them relax. Their work is done. And again, As you let the muscles in your face and neck, and again those shoulders, just relax. Take one more deep breath in. And as you exhale, think these words. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. And if you're ready, let's drift. Once upon a time, there lived a king and queen who had no children. They longed so much for a child. And when at last they had a little girl, they were both delighted. For a son, a daughter, it made no difference to them. And there was a huge celebration. When the time came for the little princess to be christened, The king made a grand feast and invited all but one of the fairies. There happened to be thirteen of them in the kingdom to be godmothers. So why leave the one out? Well, it had nothing to do with unlucky thirteen or anything like that. The king had only twelve gold plates, so he had to leave one of them out. The twelve fairies that were invited came to the christening and presented the little princess with the best gifts they could. One gave her beauty. One gave her wisdom. Another, grace. Another, goodness. Until all but one had presented her offerings. Now just as the last fairy was about to step forward and offer her gift, there came a tremendous pounding at the door. 
and before anybody could get there to open it, it burst open, and in came the thirteenth fairy, in a furious rage at not having been invited to the feast. When she saw all the gifts which the other fairies had presented the child, she laughed and exclaimed, A lot of good all this beauty and virtue and wealth will do to you, my pretty princess. You shall pay for your royal father's rudeness and insult. Then, turning to the terrified king and queen, she said in a loud voice, when the princess is fifteen years old, she shall prick her finger with a spindle and die. Having said this, she flew away as noisily as she came, sounding like a motorcycle without a muffler on a quiet Sunday night. The king and queen were in despair, and the courtiers stood aghast at the terrible disaster the little princess began to sob so loudly as if she knew the fate in store for her. Then the twelfth fairy stepped forward. Wait, 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 she exclaimed. Do not be afraid, for I have not yet given my gift. I cannot undo the wicked spell, but I can soften the evil. The princess on her fifteenth birthday, shall prick her finger with a spindle, yes, but she shall not die. Instead, she will fall asleep for a hundred years. Oh, cried the queen, how is that comfort? In one hundred years we will be long dead, and our darling child will be as lost to us if she were indeed to die. I can make that right, said the fairy. You shall sleep too, and awaken with her when the hundred years are past. But the king had what he hoped was a better idea to save his daughter from such a terrible misfortune. So he ordered all the spinning wheels in his kingdom to be burnt or destroyed, and made a law that no one was to use one or else. But it turns out all his precautions were useless, for on her fifteenth birthday the princess slipped away from her attendants and wandered all through the palace. At last she came to a tower which she had never seen before, and, wondering what it contained, she climbed the stairs. From a room at the top came a curious humming noise, and the princess, wondering what it could be, pushed open the door and stepped inside. There sat an old woman, bent with age, working at a strangely shaped wheel. The princess was full of curiosity, for of course she had never seen anything like it. What is that funny-looking thing? she asked. It is a spinning wheel, princess, answered the old woman, who, of course, was no other than the wicked fairy in disguise. A spinning wheel? What is that? I have never heard of such a thing, said the princess. 
She stood watching for a few minutes and then added, It looks quite easy. May I try to do it? Certainly, gracious lady, said the wicked fairy, and the princess sat down and tried to turn the wheel. But no sooner did she lay her hand upon it than the spindle, which was enchanted, pricked her finger, and the princess fell back against a silk-covered couch, fast asleep. In a moment, a deep silence fell upon all who were in the castle. The king fell asleep in the midst of his counselors. The queen with her ladies-in-waiting, the horses in the stable, the pigeons on the roof, the flies upon the walls, even the very fire upon the hearth fell asleep too. The meat which was cooking in the kitchen ceased to frizzle, and the cook, who was just about to fix the kitchen boy's hair, fell asleep with her hand outstretched and began to snore aloud. The butler, who was tasting the ale, fell asleep with the jug at his lips. A great hedge sprang up around the castle, which, as the years passed on, grew and grew, until it formed an impenetrable barrier around the sleeping palace. The old people of the country died, and their children grew up and died also, and their children, and their children. And the story of the sleeping princess became a legend handed down from one generation to another, and a cloud of mystery, as thick and impenetrable as the hedge of thorns, shrouded the old castle. Many brave and gallant princes tried to force their way through the magic hedge to solve the mystery and to see for themselves the beautiful maiden who lay in an enchanted sleep behind that thorny barrier. But those thorns like knives caught them and held them from going forward or back, and the gallant youths perished miserably in the thickets. After many, many years, there came a king's son into that country who heard the story of the princess and the hedge of briars, and he made up his mind to try and force his way to the castle to awaken the sleeping princess. People told him of the fate of the other princes who had also attempted this difficult, impossible task. But the prince wouldn't listen and would not be warned. I have made up my mind to see this maiden, of whose beauty I have heard so many wonderful tales, he cried. I will force a way through the hedge of thorns and awaken this sleeping beauty or die in the attempt. Now, in a marvelous bit of timing, this was the last day of the hundred years, and when the prince came to the thicket that surrounded the castle and began to push his way through, he found that the sharp briars gave way easily. The thorns had all blossomed into roses, 
that scented the air with fragrance as he went by. Primroses sprang up before his feet and made a pathway to lead him straight to the castle gates. And the birds suddenly broke forth into song, as if to tell the world that the hundred years of enchantment were over. And the princess was about to be awakened from her long sleep. The prince passed through the council chamber, where the king and his counselors were sleeping, through the room where the queen and her ladies slept. He passed on from hall to hall, climbed from stair to stair, until at last he reached the tower chamber where the sleeping princess lay. For a moment he stood and gazed in wonder at her lovely face. Then he sank on his knees beside her and kissed her as she lay asleep. Instantly the spell was broken. The king and queen awoke, and all the courtiers with them. The horses neighed in the stables and shook their glossy manes. The pigeons cooed upon the roof. The flies on the wall moved again. The fire burnt up brightly, and the meat in the kitchen began to frizzle once more as the spit turned round. The cook gave the kitchen boy the combing that she had started to give him a hundred years ago, and everything and everybody went on just as usual, as if nothing out of the ordinary had happened at all. Imagine that. And up in the tower chamber, the princess opened her eyes to meet the gaze of the handsome prince who had dared to risk his life for her sake. What they said to each other, nobody quite knows, for there was no one there to hear or see. But whatever it was, it must have been something very satisfactory. For soon they were married and lived happily ever after. <laughs> and as we drift off to sleep now, the memories or images of roses and their lovely fragrance, the blossoming of true love, and all coming to a beautiful ending. Let me wish you a good night and sweet dreams. <laughs>